Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. <laughs> what is your fascination with Peterson? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Dear future me, <laughs> don't go to the courthouse. The Katie's moral a- of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. <laughs> I'm Andy and I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes. And now your hosts... Luke Matthews. I apologize if I spoil something for you, but I have to say something about this particular storyline, and it's not going to really spoil anything. It's boring as fuck anyway. And Bean. One of his, quote, supervillains is is a guy that's like a voodoo priest that raises zombies, and then he beats them with a lead pipe like you do. Joel Simon. And I'm still trudging through this book because there's got to be something redeemable about it. And at the end, he flips me off with uh, Eminem lookalike. And Andy Padel. On a very special Fantastic Four. <laughs> the Yancey Gang's last hurrah. Welcome everybody to episode 39 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. We are the, the OG Trade Secrets crew today, gathered together like a weakling Voltron. <laughs> made of I'm going to be the big toe. <laughs> made of myself, I am Luke Matthews. To my left is Joel Simon. Left arm. Uh, uh, directly across from me is Ann Bean. Right wrist. <laughs> to my right is is the big toe. Uh, no, no, Andy I'm, the ass. I'm the ass of the <laughs> Voltron that is trade secrets. What part of Voltron do you make up, though? The ass. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Walked right into that. Yeah. It's really funny when, when Andy doesn't get my jokes and goes, No, dude, I'm the ass. Uh, we are talking about Secret Six for this episode, and is finally back from her tra- travels in Vermont. Vermont. Tra- tra- travels in Vermont. I understand why H.P. Lovecraft, incidentally, like set all of his stuff in rural Vermont because, like, shit's weird up there. Is there it? could totally be a town filled with Lulu. That's awesome. Totally monochromatic, right? Well, especially in winter. Yeah, I mean, it was really <laughs> lovely. It was very Narnia, actually. Um, my one bearded. Fantastic friend decided he was Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> <laughs> There's lampposts and snow. Yeah. It's lovely. Anyway, I'm back from the Magic oh. Kingdom. <laughs> Disney World? No. Back from... The Magic Campus? I don't know. This can't go anywhere. Miskatonic. Miskatonic. Back from Miskatonic. Miskatonic, you. Uh, so we are finally doing the Secret Six episode. Hooray. We are actually gonna. We are actually going to be talking about the second arc of Secret Six, which is called Depths. Uh, even though both Joel and I read the comic from issue one on, um, what? It might be the third, third arc. Not second. Mm. It's seems like there it, was. It was a first. The first arc, two one shots and depths. Okay. So second and a half. Yeah, it's technically the second actual story arc because there was a there was the the dating one shot, which was like everybody's going on dates now, yay, and and Let's like this throw shit through windows and scandals. Excuse me, miss. May I buy you a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ragdoll gets stuck in a trunk for three days and yeah. has <laughs> wild hallucinations. Uh, yeah, and then there was one that was part of uh, part of. Veteran. Yes, it was. It was. 
what the fuck was the story arc? The Batman story arc, uh, the, where they were all competing the, to become Batman. Cowl. Um, oh, Battle for, for the, the cowl. cowl. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's what we will talk about later. Uh, I think we can we can start the show like we always do about talking about talk stuff stuff this. Uh, <laughs> talking about what we're reading right now. Why, why don't you go um, first on that one? Because I'm really enjoying hearing you try to pronounce simple words like Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> comics. <laughs> uh, Rugyard Coplock. <laughs> oh. That thing has some legs, doesn't it? Callback. <laughs> Damn. Um, I am trying to remember what I've been reading recently. Uh, I read through issue eight of Exo Manowar and promptly dumped it. Um, what? Eh, it's just everybody's going apeshit about how amazing it is, and it's really just kind of eh. It's kind of eh. It's all right. Is, isn't that the one that sold the toys about going flying to Mars or something like that? Huh? Exo yeah. Manowar is an old Valiant title that just got redone. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe it's Exo Squad. Exo Squad. There you go. Isn't that Legos? Which was a spectacular cartoon. Okay. I love that cartoon. People died in that cartoon. Dude. Yes. 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 Um, no, Exo Manowar. Like the internet are going nutty over it, and it's just, it's just, eh. it's just okay. And it's not. What that is Exo Manowar? The premise is that uh, back in, I think it's 300 A.D. Um, a Visigoth warrior, a whole bunch of Visigoth warriors basically get uh, kidnapped by aliens um, in so much as the aliens are have a presence on Earth and they steal a bunch of these warriors to become slaves on one of their uh, breeding ships, basically. And there's kind of this weird religious undertone and um, they uh, the aliens uh, worship this this armor uh that i don't remember what they call it in the book but it's the exo armor mm. it's a symbiotic armor that allows the wearer to do have all kinds of superpowers the exo suit perhaps yeah and they can't no they have a, they have a different the alien name for it in the new book is is different than just call the exo suit so Giver. um so they um the aliens the the premise is that the aliens can't get like every time one of them tries to wear the armor, it kills them. Mm. So they have this whole religious ceremony where somebody ascends to go try the armor on, and then it's like sword dying. from the stone, except more exactly. Violent. And then um, this particular warrior named Eric uh, escapes, um, plans an escape uh, to kill the captors on the alien ship, and dons the exo armor, and it accepts him, and he becomes this superhuman. Brings the alien ship back to Earth, and through whatever pseudoscience always dictates the fact that f- I guess if you travel in space, when you come back, you come back hundreds of years later because that's what everything everyone does. He comes back in modern day, um, and the premise is kind of that he comes back in modern day, realizes that everybody's gone, and then ends up uh, teaming up with some people to fight the aliens that have uh, formed a presence on Earth. And it's just, it's just okay. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's, I thought, but like, I really want to like the Valiant titles in general, but like Bloodshot and Magnus Robot Puncher, <laughs> those are not things. That's that, a real title? It's, it's Robot Fighter, but oh, he, okay. he, his, his ability is he punches robots. Okay. Yeah. That's all he does. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seems very specific. Mm. Shadowhawk. No, 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 Shadowhawk was Image. Shadow Man, Shadow was, Man was Valiant. Shadow what I've heard, 
something noun yeah. verb. Isn't that the voodoo <laughs> shadow noun verb? Yeah. Okay. And from what I've heard, Shadow Man's pretty good. Like the, everybody seems to like the Valiant relaunch. It's um, it's definitely better than its than its predecessors, Solar, Solar Man of the Atom. Um, so they've done they've done Harbinger, they've done Shadow Man, they've done Exo Man of War, um, they've done Ninjak. Um and Ninjak comes up in Exo Man of War and he's in there way too much and I don't know. It's just it's not it's not I don't like it. Anyway, that's um I've read other books but that's the only one that pops into my head because it's it's one that uh that I canceled. Like I've dropped a few books because I'm about to be broke, so I'm uh I'm paring out you know what my monthly comics are um so it's uh I, i'm just surprised i mean i everybody knows that i hate everything so it's not really a surprise that <laughs> I, I didn't Pac-Man, like it right? but that, yeah pac-man or was it galaga <laughs> uh i think it was pac-man okay. yeah so or no it was dig dug that's right dig dug it was dig dug. dig dug i love dig dug everybody loves dig dug dig dug the only thing that luke does not hate yeah so anyway yeah i mean it's i've i've read some comics but that's pretty much the the core of what i've been reading so what about you uh uh, Joel. <laughs> Joel. His name is Joel. There are two people in this room whose names start with N something. And, and that's yeah. the yeah. one person I'm that does one, not uh, is the one person I tried to call and and Angel. Angel. I've actually I found I I read the uh, fourth book of this of this book that you guys might have heard of Lock and Key. It's been, it's been a while. I got to the fourth one. It's the one that starts off with uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Is that yes. the one with the awesome thing of the goat? What? Or is that the fifth one? I think that's oh, the fifth spoiler. one because I haven't read the fifth thank, one either. Thank you, Annie. Oh, whatever. Yeah, just uh, ruin the, the thing with one. the goat because if that it's set in so the... much. Let me guess: is it a goat key? No. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's still it's still <laughs> really still really great. But the oh, thing God. is, is that there was is, it goat key? You, you think they have all the keys? <laughs> that's where the goat. And goes. for some reason, they keep on making up like super more keys, like they're ex machina. It's like, oh, this needs to be done. So, oh, use the skin key. And, uh, <laughs> And so, but it's it's still great. But it's I'm, still good. I'm, yeah, this it's is the key good. of ca- continuity. I, well, the beauty of that is, in my opinion, is the fact that he set it. He set it up fairly early in the beginning that there were. He just kind of makes you understand that there are a shitload of keys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like they're keep, making it up to serve the plot. It feels like there's a lot of them, and you might encounter some that are relevant, yeah. or some that are stupid. Keys, those like, mm-hmm. hey, look at this key I found. No, I think in the fifth book it gives a definitive number. That might be. But it's a large number, though. Yeah. Yeah, and then in the backstory, they they say that this you know they moved from like revolutionary times to more modern times, yeah. and the guy's like, I minted this key from the devil metal. So yeah, and he slowly. <laughs> and the great thing is he doesn't explain everything right away. He unfolds yeah. stuff left and right because we finally figure out what why the Omega key is so great because he made this key from part of Carrie King. Unleash some Lovecraftian horror that's. See, New um, England. I told under you. all the water. Yeah. So, yeah. And they live I, in a town really called Lovecraft, it. Massachusetts. So, right. Who does on. that? Who does that? Who, Just, who would purposely live there? I, I would. <laughs> Let's move like, to Axe Murder, Wisconsin. <laughs> that sounds phenomenal. Uh, but I love the fact in, in this one, they finally have the gig is up and they figured out who um, Jake is. Jake the, the Dodge. Guy? I'm sorry, what was that? Dodge. Dodge. The bad guy? The bad guy, Dodge, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Jake is the name that he goes by, I think, when he's ma- in male form. Yeah, but they, Dodge came, is the name of the character. That finally came to an yeah. end. They finally figured out, oh, this guy's not as nice as, as he seems, yeah. and beat the crap out of him. And, of, of course, it, the evil goes into something else. And then they have the last scene that's, you know, a, kind of an homage to Thriller where um, the little little kid, Brody, opens up his eyes, and he's got the cat eyes from the Dark Lady. It's like, ooh, so yeah. good. So, yeah, that's where just, I am, too. I've, I've finished the fourth book. I have not, okay. I've not read Read the, I owned, but have not read the fifth yet. So. What was what was the book? What was the one that I tried to get from from uh, San Diego Comic Con? Was that the fourth one? The the special edition that you told me to go get. That was I the fifth went, one. That was the fifth. Yeah, one. they did a special edition of the fifth one uh, at San Diego Comic Con, but they ran out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's still one of my favorite comics, and I think it's number five isn't where they give the number it's it was a one shot called the guide to the known keys no it's um, actually it happens in number five as well. oh really yeah. okay yeah because that one shot they said was they're gonna that one gonna shot in, collected in anything i think they said they're gonna collect it in the sixth book because okay. that one and the one they did another one shot uh that was set like back in uh the, That's the 1800s or whatever the whole fifth arc the whole fifth arc yeah hmm. what was the other one shot that i'm trying to think of anyway whatever there was another one shot yeah. but yeah good book yeah, and so I read that, and then my my friend he's he's had to lessen his comic book um, collection, I guess, and get it all out because he had it all in storage. So he gave me all his old archival stuff, so like old Infinity Gauntlet and <clears throat> all these other. I think there's some some like Boom comics too that he really loves. He gave me this whole stack, so I have plenty of reading material that I go through. One of the greatest things that he gave me was this this old. It was like big Life magazine time size. It was the bicentennial of Captain America. It was a bicentennial of Captain America, and as Captain America, and, and he goes through different times where he goes back into fight, he fights with. For some reason, he gets caught with this um, this trippy watcher character you know because the 70s of of marvel is like that <laughs> yeah there's just like oh we're Wait, gonna have to take you back through the times uh, of america watu or something watcher Uatu? yeah it was it's like the watcher uh, like a big giant alien dude yeah it's Uatu? like him it's not it's not zatu but it's it's something Wait. like that and he, <laughs> but he, he says you have to go back through the times of history and you know it's all bicentennial so he goes back to revolutionary times and then he goes to world war ii We're then he goes to the future history. and i love how the future was like in the year 2020 in the year 2000 yeah. after and humanity survived the mayan apocalypse <laughs> comics were still around <laughs> yes yes so I'm, I'm gonna have to read through that it's so jingoistic it's amazing uh america so um yeah fuck yeah oh that's, sorry that's what i've been reading Ian, uh i sadly have only read stuff for school but i read interesting stuff for school i read uh g willow wilson's cairo which was by far my favorite out of my two picks comic picks for the semester it's a graphic novel um about six people who've like ended about up egypt. in cairo, wow. egypt cairo fancy that with varying agendas and there's it's there's a um a hookah that has a gin in it so there's magic don't they all have mayhem. a gin in it really yeah. <laughs> um if they actually all had gin <laughs> in it that would be really nasty tasting gin but you know <laughs> <laughs> gin is bad enough on its own Oh, oh come so on. You don't like drinking trees? I don't like drinking pine salt. Oh, oh, I like drinking trees. disgusting green dragon on the planet. Oh. So you smoke out of the hookah and you start seeing things in the genie grants? No, the genie can 
come, please make these visions comes out of away. the hookah and like turns into a dude who like takes one of the characters into like crazy underworld land that's also under Cairo. I don't know. It's it's, it's a good tale and it's it's well plotted. Uh, it's black and white, and I felt like the art was really attractive and um, apt for the story. Mm-hmm. The other thing I read was a collection that Dark Horse put out this past year called Once Upon a Time Machine, which is a collection of retold fairy tales, all set in kind of like space age wackiness. And as someone who's writing a collection of retold fairy tales, it seems very (laughs) relevant. Um, And it was all right. I felt like the, the ambition of the project exceeded what it was actually able to do. Like some of the, some of the shorts, because they're all shorts were very good. And some of them were very mediocre. Um, and it, I thought—I mean, I think it was a really cool collection because it had a lot of lesser-known people. Um, Ryan Otley had a piece in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And I'll it, take a it, look. It was good. Yeah. Um, he did a. I mean, he. I still have not yet read his old his web comic. Like he did a. That's how oh. he got discovered by Robert Kirkman was because he was doing a web comic sure. for a while, and it's literally. Th- like one of the only things he's done. So hearing him do something else is interesting because he's talked about the fact that he does, he did his webcomic and then he did Invincible and that's all he does. He makes his money off Invincible and doesn't really want to well, do anything else. This so. was uh, something he got convinced to do, I guess. Yeah, it's, cool. it's interesting because it, it has um, a bunch of, you know, it's got a bunch of shorts and it also has illustrations for particular pieces. It was obviously sort of like a massive call of like, do a short comic or an illustration for whatever thing set in space. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them were super effective and some of them were not. I thought overall <laughs> the quality was... Poison on the bug type was super effective. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Some of them were not very effective, but... Our Artist uses space. <laughs> it's super effective. Artist uses electric. Ground type reader is unaffected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But eh, I, I would say overall, it's definitely wor- worth borrowing and taking a look at because there's some some jumps in there. Borrow. Cool. And we have to do that for our reads now too. <laughs> no, that was just incidental. <laughs> God damn it! I wasn't prepared. So I have to ask: um, Did they do a Hansel and Gretel with Gatling guns? No. <sighs> Because that's the newest thing. I am. That's thing. I am all that. about that movie. No, fuck Fairy that. tales I'm are really trendy right now. I feel a little bit like hi- hipster rage or whatever. Because I'm like, damn it, I was doing this before it was cool. I was reading fables before it was cool. I, uh, I was writing retold fairy tales before they came out with like five <laughs> network shows and three movies about them. Mm, why, why don't you want to watch Hansel and Gretel Vampire Hunters? Oh, uh, which I which hunters? Watch that. I am all up in that shit. That movie <laughs> it looks, looks really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's on you now. I Andy. found what a side? fairy tale. Andy, what have you been lore? reading? Um, I've been mind. reading multiple warheads. Wow. By, um, oh god, is it I don't know what happened right, there. Just right, right over. There like, were two conversations. What? Yeah, two, oh, two, what? two no. can enter. One <laughs> can leave. <laughs> For the listeners at home, <laughs> two, three of us actually don't have headphones right now, <laughs> so we actually can't hear what's going on so much. If we uh, start cutting each other off, I apologize. It's 50% headphones, 50% I'm a dick. You do have ears, yeah. though. There are I, other people talking in the what? room, and nope. sound travels. That uh, If it what? didn't, these microphones would not be able to pick up the sound that we are creating. Yeah. Really? So, so normally, though... No, no, Joel, you want to insult yeah. him first, then I'll think, insult him? I oh, think God. Anne was still <laughs> talking. That's the, that I was, but Totally that's okay. stepped all over <laughs> her conversation. Yeah, you really did. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. We were trying to call you... Andy and or and earlier. So. And. Andal. 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 It's like yeah. Grendel. Yeah. You've been Andal. <laughs> exactly. 
All right. Uh, so multiple warheads. Multiple warheads. Um, it's by uh, the guy who did King City. Brandon Small, I want to say, is his name. Um, and it's a very punny book. It's got a oh lot of oh goody vi- no visual puns that are not expressly like spelled out. So if you're paying attention, to are the we artwork, talking like carrot top putting glasses on the saw, and it's a seesaw visual pun? Awesome. Um, or uh, I can't think of anything right now. Okay, it's subtle enough. How that, bad are they? <laughs> no, they're they're actually really good. Okay, um, it's very very subtle and it never spells out anything to you. Um, it was a guy who did King City. And he did another book that I did not quite know about, and I picked it up. And it was um, it's a girls' school book, and it's straight-up porn. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> did not expect that. This is filthy. <laughs> <laughs> just put mm, it back in the bag, shove that bag in one of my long boxes, and I will <laughs> never read it again. <laughs> Goes right in, right in with all your issues of Cherry, right? Uh, yeah. yeah that's what all I my Milo Monero stuff. Yeah. Andy just walked away right when we're about to start uh, talking about something that he brought up. We we have some some industry news to discuss. Uh, the first one, and it's going to be the shortest one. Six Gun got a TV show pilot ordered by NBC. We'll Maybe it'll be canceled. all right because it's NBC and not Fox. It's it's possible. It's possible. It's possible that it might be shit like uh, like Once Upon a Time as well, though. Yeah. So. That's um, also true. That's we can, what the thing that I was going to talk about earlier is that I finally found a fairy tale slash fairy lore TV show that I don't hate. Which is? Lost Girl. Huh. I've it's never... uh, similar to Grimm. It's Canadian. That's why we haven't heard of it. Oh, okay. And it has female main characters, which they can only do in Canada. They can't do that here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they get did, canceled. I did watch an episode of that. And I like it. It's like... Isn't there a? I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on because it's one of those things where you come in the middle of the oh, story yeah, and you I have no idea. But there's a cop and he's a vampire. He's a werewolf. He's a werewolf. Okay, and there's light and dark worlds. Yep. It kind of remind me of like the um, the day. Wow, what was that? The night crew, day crew. Oh, night watch. Oh yeah, night it does. Watch and day it, watch. It's a little bit like night watch, day watch, except slightly less overblown explosions everywhere okay. all the time. Not that I mind that. I actually really like those movies, but. Yeah. They could, they make no sense at all. No, so that's I mean they're, I like they're entirely they're, style over substance. But yeah, but especially the second one, yeah. Lost Girl, Lost Girl, Lost, Lost, Lost Girl. Girl. I would good. say go watch it. Is it's, it on Netflix? It, yes, it, Netflix? it just okay. got on Netflix. And um, like Grimm, it's trying to like take fairy and fairy lore and like make it into sort of a subspecies of human that is out there doing wacky shit. It, yeah, it, it doesn't do the like shitty fables rehash attempt that once upon a time does um which i think was a strength and it doesn't follow fairy tale plots it's not as directly police police procedural as grim but that's a good thing yeah that's one of the things that i like about (laughs) we have enough police procedurals in this world that's what i like about uh i mean i always come back to it but supernatural is one of the things i love about that show is how they they root all of their monsters and stuff in lore of some sort yes so like it will be when it's not just some random monster it's actually like it'll be um they'll they'll back it up with not only the lore that actually generated the monster from whatever country it came from but like how that how that same monster may have been interpreted into different things in other lore and other places well, especially because like, it's such an american show it seems like yeah. it brings in a lot of the like how these immigrant monsters have fared in america and yeah. 
how this land has shaped them, which I like. Yeah. And then, of course, they, you know, they went with the ultimate, like, they started bringing angels and stuff into the show, which I thought was really cool. It's like they... The end of the se- end of season five, the whole season five was all about heaven versus hell kind of stuff. Mm. So it was pretty cool. I love that show. Love that show. Love it. Um, Supernatural. Yeah, I, I, I was like the one where the the teddy bear yeah. blows his own brains out. <laughs> that the, show. Uh, sidekick, incidentally, in Lost Girl, is the person who was slated to play Dodge in the Lock and Key TV show. Oh, nice. Nice. See, that's my worry with the Six Gun TV show. To bring it back around yeah, to what yeah. we uh, what we were originally talking about is that James Vanderbeek. Oh. Really? <laughs> really? God, no, no. I like they haven't cast it yet. Thank God. Uh, I mean, my casting choices. Like, I, I'm. I know that she's kind of the it girl right now, so it's not necessarily the most uh, the most out there casting. But um, I really would love to see Jennifer Lawrence play Becky. I could Becky see Montcrief. that happening. That would be, I think that would work really well. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they'll handle the casting. I don't know. I mean, my my only major concern, can you get your cell phone away from your mic cord, please? There you go. Joel Simon. Uh, the, um, the only one casting that I care about is I really still desperately want them to, to cast um, uh, Sam Elliott. I want Sam Elliott to be the narrator. So badly. I, I hear his voice when I read the comic book. I want him in there so bad. So, and the other piece of. So, yeah, six, 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 Jesus. <laughs> the sixth gun, they got a TV pilot ordered, but then again, like, like I was about to say, so did Lock and Key. Got filmed, got re edited. So did Powers. Powers has yeah. been. Powers got filmed, completely edited, and then Ooh. all the cast went their separate ways, and now they've reordered it and mm-hmm. are doing an entirely really? new one with an entirely new cast. Oh, powers? Yeah. Who are, who was uh, Dina Pilgrim in either? Uh, Dina Pilgrim, the original Dina Pilgrim was um, Lucy Punch was the name okay. of the actress. Uh, and Which is an odd choice because the only thing I've ever seen Lucy Punch in was a, a short-lived TV show called The Class hmm. where she played this ditzy dumb blonde girl but apparently but apparently she uh, apparently she was really good as Dina but um, that's not going to happen anymore so that's my fear with the six gun pilot I'm hoping that it gets ordered and actually they like it and pick it up and want to turn it into a real show because what's her face should be Dina Pilgrim and I'm going to think of this actress's name and then I'm going to say it like mid show really randomly okay we'll remember that pull me yeah all right (laughs) they'll never fly unless they're on the CW it seems like the CW is the only only channel that will doesn't really care. It's like, oh, yeah. we need programming, uh, comic book list, put it on there. Yeah. yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, yeah. They they aired Dr. Horrible's sing-along vlog, too. But Buffy mm-hmm. was back on the WB back yep. when, or was it Fox? It started It started on Fox. It started on Fox back when Fox, no, wasn't Fox. couldn't find anything. It was just starting. But the CW is like that too, and I've heard good things about Arrow. So, and I've heard really bad things about Arrow. So, really, (laughs) yeah, it's what is uh, it? At least it's not the Cape. Uh, Green Arrow. Oh, yeah. So the other piece of news that I wanted to bring up because I think it's going to be awesome is Brian Wood. Everybody's been talking on the internets about Brian Wood writing a new X-Men book that is going to be an all-female leading lead characters. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the team is going to consist of Storm, Jubilee, Psylocke, Rogue, Rachel Gray, and Kitty Pryde. Um, of Maybe course, Jubilee will have relevance. 
Yeah, I don't know if she's still a vampire. Is she still a vampire? She is still a vampire. I think they might have reset. No, that's she's true. She's still a vampire. Still they vampire. did do okay. a 52 on... on um, yeah, so it's... Uh, is that the new 86, the 52? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> I Give am him the 52! <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, really like this idea, just because... I, I mean, I'll read damn near anything Brian Wood puts right. out right now, because everything he's, everything he's writing is spectacular. I have not read his new Star Wars book yet, but it's, it's sold out like three times. Uh, they've, they're in their third Star printing Wars. now, and it's... Yeah, and that's that's why I didn't buy it because I'm like, yeah, it's a Star Wars book, which means it's going to sell just fine, and I'll get it in trades. But I'm picking up, uh, I'm yeah, I'll pick up all of his independent stuff. I'm picking up Mara and and the Massive, and um, I'm definitely going to pick up this X book because um, it's finally something a little bit different from a writer who I right now think can do no wrong. Okay, for the last uh, two and a half hours, we have been reading. <laughs> we have been reading the second arc of Secret Six by uh, DC Comics. It is a. It was. Well, read all of it. <laughs> so did I. <coughs> it was originally published in two thousand nine. <laughs> you okay, Joel? There was a thumping. Oh, uh, this was originally published in 2009. Uh, it was written by Gail Simone and drawn by Nicola Scott primarily with backups by uh, Carlos Rodriguez. And uh, it was it's a DC book about uh, a group of D-list villains. That, I'd, I'd say C-list. Uh, Bane? Being generous. Bane okay, classes okay. him up. If you've got Bane, who's a B-list villain, and the rest of them who are D-list, then okay, maybe it comes up to a C-list <laughs> group of villains. You can average but, them a little bit. Uh, the team in Dead the... Deadshot's kind of... Deadshot or, or Deathstroke? Or Deadshot or Deathstroke? I'm not sure which Deadpool, one he is. Deadpool, I, stroke, <laughs> kill, bot. <laughs> Shot guy. Um, so... The team that is in the book consists of Catman. <laughs> Cat. Catman. Oh, where's the. That's opening if I've ever heard one. Neon Catman. So Catman, Deadshot, Scandal, Ragdoll, Bane, and Jeanette. Jeanette. I looked it up. I was trying. Ran out of names for supervillains. Oh, God. No, no. It's Jeanette. She just doesn't have a super fancy supervillain name. Yeah, she doesn't even have a. I'm really unsure of what her powers are. Oh, she's a banshee. She, she's the banshee. Q-list. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, right? Um, I'm not sure if she even counts she, as well, a supervillain. She seems like she's more... I, I'm not that familiar with DC Universe. Filler. No. I, I, she seemed like she had a purpose in the story. It's just that she wasn't really a villain, per well, se. The, she's guys, like a... I've got this great name. We're going to... Okay. We're going to do this supervillain team-up book, right? And it's going to be called Secret Six. And we've got Bane, Catman, Deadshot, um, Shark Guy... Uh, uh, Scandal Savage. Uh, uh, Scandal Savage. Yeah, that's that's cool. Ragdoll. Okay, then we're good. That's only five people. Uh, Grab Jeanette. Oh, shit. <laughs> Grab Jeanette. Shit. Well, uh, no, Jeanette they... was actually when I was reading about it. Apparently, you don't need to know about them DC Universe because she was actually an original creation for this book. So she is not a. She hasn't been around before. She's just random banshee she that cool Gail name. Simone created 
for this book. So um, <clears throat> the book basically follows these guys uh, as they are. They're a, a group of mercenary pseudo villains that get hired to do stuff. Like, so um, the first arc of the of the relaunch of the book, they were hired to retrieve an object that was being protected by a character named Junior that was like the worst mob boss that ever existed, and um, it was it was actually a pretty interesting arc. I liked that arc a lot. Yeah, and then I did too. Uh, there were a couple of what was interesting when we bought this digitally the the arc that is marked depths. So one problem that I have that I that I didn't look up that for our listeners um i don't know i don't know what's actually included in the trade the physical trade of this book i believe it's collects eight through 14 so okay. it takes those two one, one shots. shots and then the okay depths arc so yeah there are two one shots one of which is is an entire issue about uh, characters going on a double date like um it turns blake into punching and, spoilers yeah. Blake and Jeanette go on a date with uh, with Scandal and the stripper that they tried to use to replace Knockout in the first issue of the comic book, um, and then uh, uh, and then the hijinks ensue with uh, like with not neo Nazis and like they, you do yeah and then the second issue was part of the the battle for the cowl and it was completely pointless um, it wasn't a bad issue but it was just like not not necessary to the storyline right so. obviously a part of something else yeah so yeah i mean that's what we've been reading uh it's this was Anne's suggestion so why don't you start um so i picked this book because one i'm relatively unfamiliar with a lot of superhero comics and i wanted to read a superhero comic that was like not actually ironic you know not actually making fun of superhero comics or having critical commentary but was like filled with superheroes dudes um, punching dudes in the dick <laughs> i think that is the essence of superhero comics yes yeah. um uh, although i've been reading super gods by grant morrison and he has some really interesting thoughts about the what fucking is the essence. plant thing in outer space i don't think i've gotten that far oh you do know super gods yeah okay plant thing when did, when did he talk about a plant thing in outer space are you thinking Super God I'm thinking or Super, Super Gods? God. Sorry. Because this is a nonfiction book about the history of comics. No, yes. uh, Super God is the comic book by... It's Warren Ellis, isn't Warren it? Warren Ellis, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eh, whatever, Warren Ellis and Grant Morrison. They're the same person. <laughs> right? Uh-oh, we've gone down that road again. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so back to Secret Six. I wanted to read something um, that Gail Simone had written because I was I was curious to see. It, I heard a lot of like chutzpah, floof, whatever, on the chutzpah internet. floof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which that's is a German what happens word if I've when ever heard one. <laughs> well, that's going to be in the show description. <laughs> when uh, Tumblr gets excited about a thing, yeah, I was like, okay, I will go look at Secret Six and see what this is. Um, Have you listened to all the blargs and the twats and the hutzpah sploof? <laughs> the hutzpah sploof on the interwebs. Um, so I, no, I was, I was pleasantly surprised because. If I have complaints about superhero comics, it's that there's way too many characters, which this was semi-guilty of, but I was okay with it. We, we did discuss that um, Deadshot and Catman kind of blend, especially when they're not in costumes. You're like, uh, random. Yeah, wait a minute, which guy's the blonde dude guy? It's oh, not fuck, really big. <laughs> One's got a mustache, the other one doesn't. It, it, that hard? Doesn't, doesn't Catman have like actually like scars on his chest? Yeah, he yeah. does. But he does wear clothes, so that have pictures of the scars on the clothes. I actually just appreciated that they were like friggin' goofy, goofy characters, and they didn't try to like mask or hide the goofiness. Ragdoll, 
Well, I like Ragdoll. Okay. I appreciated having Ragdoll on the team, not because it was that he slash she was necessarily effective at anything, aside from adding like an element of lunacy. Although I did like the suggestion that for all of the characters, they're kind of broken or idiotic or just have a lot of issues as people, but can be super effective killing machines given the right circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. People unconscious. And I liked this story arc in particular because they did interact with like Wonder Woman and fucking Amazons and people that are like much more powerful than them in a variety of ways. Um, I really like the Wonder Woman just frothing at the mouth on her knees. Yeah. <laughs> Banshee gets right? a hold of her for Come a It's like, really? You just dropped Wonder Woman like it was, you know. Like it weren't no thing. I did like, um, I did like when they brought the Amazons and Wonder Woman in and they don't. They don't make Wonder Woman like super heroic in this book. Like she she's tends to be portrayed, she's just pissed off, and she just she's just like I'm. I'm going to save my sisters, and if you get in my way, I'm going to fucking kill you. And I like that because it was it's I, I've always liked that portrayal of Wonder Woman mm-hmm. better, where she's like she's more. I that's one of the problems that I've always had with DC is a lot of their their core characters are so. Um, they're, they're so like one note one right? dimensional and um when whenever th- it seems like in books like this where they get a chance to focus on on the side characters and uh show the core dcu from the perspective of someone who is not superman or batman or wonder woman you finally get a, a look at those characters from a different perspective that you'll never see in the core books. Right. Um, Suicide Squad is a perfect example mm-hmm. where they take a whole bunch of D-list or C-list characters and their whole, their whole a lot like Secret Six, their whole job is to complete this mission and they're on a suicide mission, so they're not meant to survive it. And, and Thunderbolts and, is my favorite Marvel version where they yeah. just like and Thunderbolts is the Marvel version of that. Let's too. dig through the archives and see who do we not like. Okay. Yeah. Um, Man Thing um luke cage uh yeah you know Rams. juggernaut <laughs> yeah let's put them on a team together and see what they can do yeah so, uh, special guest appearance by wolverine <laughs> story about dc characterization and and wonder woman in particular i think she's always been sort of a, a troubled character for dc or a troubling character for dc because yeah. she's not as clear-cut as like superman and batman yeah um at some point and this is a, a passing on a story from uh my friend justin hall who was telling me that um they tried to identify the superlative that goes with each of the dc characters right like superman's the strongest um you know flash is the fastest yeah, superman's the fastest flash is Just the fastest sheesh. <laughs> Uh, Whatever ist you're going to put, the answer is Superman. Well, Green, Green Lantern's Hush. the coloriest. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the, the smartest or something. Most ma- anyway, yeah, they were trying sure. to put something with Wonder Woman and failing miserably. They're like the most... Cleavagist. Yeah, she's the bustiest. Because she's like the... They, what they ended up with was best melee fighter on the ground. That's mm. interesting. Okay. Right. <laughs> Okay. Batman? So it, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, better than Batman? Anyway. I, I, again, I don't know exactly when this list or what Aquaman age of comics. Is the he is the fishiest. <laughs> Man, have you seen Kate Beaton's Aquaman <laughs> comics and no. her Wonder Woman comics at that rate? They're amazing. <laughs> On Hark of Agrant, go look up all the superhero comics because she has some great, just like uh, Aquaman hanging out, being awkward. 
That's awesome. Uh, I, Why doesn't anyone like me? <laughs> I, I, I don't know where to go with this book. I don't know where to talk. What to talk about with this book um, from my perspective? Because I'm, I'm in. I'm not quite in the I hate everything mode that everyone oh. thinks I'm in, what? but oh no, I'll totally take I mean, up that banner. I'll take up that banner for a it. second. Um, normally, I hate everything DC. However, I think this uh, book does a really good job of like displaying the characteristics and the characters and sort of defining them. Like, yeah, not necessarily as you know, normally you'll see Bane the villain. This is Bane the the member of the team, and yeah. he has you know his own motivations, and he's tormented by the fact that you know he really wants to go back on the Venom, and yeah, you know it, it gives more depth and fleshes out these one dimensional characters slightly. That mm. that's and that's where I was going too. I like I like the fact it's it's a two it's a kind of a double edged sword argument for me. I like the fact that they flesh out these these pointless characters. pointless characters. Right. On the other end of the spectrum, they still leave them in in their stupid fucking costumes. Like I, that is one of the biggest problems really? that I they have were with out DC. Out of their costumes, like half of the time. Yeah, but then they put their stupid fucking oh, costumes yeah. on. Yeah, and, and but you got to put on the mask before you kill the thing. The right? only character right. in this team that has a costume that doesn't look com- well. I shouldn't say it. I sh- I was going to say that it doesn't look completely ridiculous, but it does look completely ridiculous. But it's fitting of the character is Ragdoll. Yeah. Like right. he looks like an idiot, but he's supposed to. Right. The rest of them just look like fucking. Mor- Morons. I appreciated the bits like, where like Scandal Savage has like her like leather bustier on, but then she has like polka dot boxer shorts because she only got half the costume on before yeah. she went down. I like yeah. that. I, I, actually, Bane's costume does not offend me. It really doesn't. A, a luchador doesn't bother me. Yeah, with bo- it with the super V neck. Don't don't give a shit. Lex Mentello does not bother me. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to bring up the girl who got the leather like tattoo print over her entire body from Flex <laughs> Mentello, the leopard print? Wow. Yeah. No, I am. Um, um, I, I just it's it's hard for me, especially when they get to the point in the book where they're. Um, where all of the other D-list hero or D-list villains are coming after them because there's oh no that's in the first that's arc. in the first yeah, arc that's in the first one. never mind uh, that was a ridiculous like I just read the last issue of the first arc because I wasn't yeah. sure where this arc started and I was like huh this is this is why DC is weird and ridiculous because <laughs> everyone is like wearing purple sh- shorts and yeah God. and they they just never bothered to evolve with the times super villains so. should never wear purple yeah. Seriously. For the listeners at home, go look up an old photo of Whiplash from Iron Man, <laughs> where he has like the sombrero and the whip, and it's all purple. Yeah, yes. Living Laser is another great Iron Man villain. You know what? We have all these amateur, amateur heroes, right? We've got Purple Rain, we've got Phoenix Jones. I want there to be some really, really eccentric supervillains. I know he technically has supervillains, but I want to see them. Yeah, but Rex I want to see them like velvet. dressed in absurd costumes yeah. and like walking around on Capitol Hill because that would be fantastic. They would just be pimps. Actually, they would. I just blend. I, I remember yeah. uh, like I was at work and someone was talking about Rex Velvet and someone else was like, "I fucking went to high school with that guy." <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish there were more stories within like DC and Marvel universes that yeah. are kind of like that. Like Bane, I went to high school with that guy. Right? Like he was an they asshole. Came from somewhere, and yeah. those kinds of things would be interesting to see. Um, That's Marvel's gig. I, I was, he was born in the darkness. So, oh. <laughs> I uh, I was. I this do. is an accent from the darkness. <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> Everyone from the darkness talks like this. <laughs> I did want some of his slightly more tender or like 
<laughs> not lay your head in my lap right like he has these moments where he's like being a reasonable human being and i wanted those wants just waffles in in that voice um i this is my first exposure to gail simone at all i've never read anything by her until this um and i'm impressed i like her stuff i like her style i like she's She's a little, uh, she's a little Joss Whedon-y in her dialogue, which I, yeah. I'm impressed by. Um, she, she reminds me, to be entirely honest, of uh, Jane Espenson, who yeah, uh, Jane Espenson is one of the one of the Whedonites, right? And and has written some of the best episodes of of Whedon's shows out there. And her and Gail Simone's writing in this reminded me a lot of the stuff that Jane Espenson puts out. Um, Jane Espen- Espenson has also written. Uh, issues of both the Buffy and Angel comic books uh, that Brian are... Brian Wood is writing right now? Um, is Brian Wood writing Buffy I think, now? I think so. Wow. Or I think he's re- writing Angel. Angel? Cool. Um, but uh, I'm... I get it now. Like, a lot of people... You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about Gail Simone and how much... How good she is, and I have never had personal exposure to her, and this is... Um, this... It's not... I, I, it's not an example of, to me, of writing that... The reason I'm saying is so good is not because it's the most amazing comic book I've ever read. It's because I actually gave a shit about a storyline that I didn't give a shit about. Yeah. Right? right? Like, I don't... I don't really like any of the characters too much. I, I don't... I, I couldn't be forced to give a crap about these characters. And yet she wrote them in a way that actually engaged me and made me like follow the story and actually be interested in it. Whereas, you weren't coming from a place of like, oh, this is Batman and anything that happens will be important because it's Batman. It was right. like, here's, you know, fuckwad and ragdoll. And yeah. Hanging out. And, and I was like, I looked at the characters in at first, especially when I started reading the first issue, because I did read the first arc before reading this. And I was like, really? Who the fuck are these people? What the, why am I? <laughs> this That's is so stupid. And then, and then as I read it, I'm like, Okay, you've given me reason to to stay engaged with this, and it's I I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm for me, I I really enjoyed it too. One because it was refreshing to have characters. They each had different voices, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. each had a distinct voices, and you could change it up with the fonts for like Ragman or Bane. But I mean, Dead <clears throat> Deadshot was he's this snarky guy, and he mm-hmm. really doesn't give a care. Um, Catman is the conflicted one. It, I'll answer your question with a question. Who yeah, gives yeah. a shit? Yeah, yeah, he's he's the snarky one. He's he's like the I don't know the Han Solo of the of the group. And then Ragdoll is is irredeemable. Yeah, you know he just loves uh, sadomasochism and pain and everything ungodly. And and Bane is the virtuous one who's trying to lead everybody on the right path. And at the end, he actually becomes the the leader of the group. Where the the thread that I run I read was when they actually went to hell to to save uh, Scandal's girlfriend. They go mm. to save Knockout and get her from hell from the card that they get from the first the first arc. Yeah. The first arc. And that's the one thing I really loved is everybody has a distinct voice and they always say something different. And even the big characters that come into this have a distinct voice, too. So like in the first in the first um, arc, which we didn't cover, but Catman goes up against Batman. And so Catman's being snarky and whatever. And Batman's being himself or like, you can't do this. You know, you can hear. (laughs) Um, But everybody has a distinct voice. Christian Bale, Batman. In most, in most comics, 
it you, you it sounds like the same person. They're just yeah. saying it from a different picture. I don't know why, but I, I went from Christian Bale to Ted Levine in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Batman saying, just put a fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> What's what? Comic. I can't even remember our own discussions, but it was in one of the last couple issues or ca- couple episodes of the show that I was actually talking specifically about a comic where all the characters sounded exactly alike, and that was my biggest problem with it. And I don't remember what I think it was fucking one- show it was. I think it was Wonder Woman. Was it Wonder Woman? Yeah, which is another Gail Simone uh, yeah, book. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, no, that not. was Brian Azzarello. Yeah, and see, that's the problem. And that's one of the things about the big three from DC is that they're so stuck in. <laughs> their archetypes. 40s. Yeah, good old Nazi the, that Batman has to be like Batman. Superman has to be supreme like Superman. Power. And it was, yeah, they, yeah. It, supreme power was used pretty much trying to tell the entire story. But that's true. Yeah. That's true about that. Or, and, and Wonder Woman has to be Wonder Woman, where with Secret Six, they're characters that you do, really don't care about, so you can, do, you can play with them however you want. And she's forced to play with them, right? They, when you have a character that's such a huge archetype like Superman, it kind of writes itself most of the time. Yeah. So it's really hard for anybody to put a unique voice on it, especially if you've got editorial direction coming from, mm-hmm. from DC. Like, oh no, Superman right? wouldn't say that. <clears throat> like, you can do things like Red Sun, right, which changes the character entirely. I was thinking DKR. Yeah, um, but you're still you're still having to stick with that archetype. Whereas with these characters, nobody gives a shit if Ragdoll's represented differently than he was right. f- five years ago. Who yeah. fuck cares? Um, but so she had the the leeway to actually write the book instead yeah. of just transcribe a character. You know? Yeah, and these are these are normal. All of them are normal guys. In a world of metahumans, and there's one scene in the first arc that I don't know if you guys seen when they finally got the card, and they get attacked by um, the guys that were trying to collect this bounty, and one of them, one of them comes in early. They break in and and they say, "It's like, okay, who's got the card? Who betrayed me?" And it's like, uh, it was that person back there. And then the yeah. the bad guys it was each other, and the secret six guys was like, oh. Okay, I guess we'll just cut out. Okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. Okay, thanks, bye. This, hey, where'd this card come from? And in this particular arc, it was it was in in general. This arc was a lot deeper than the first arc. Mm. The first arc was very much a. I mean, it, it was an interesting story with their their little you know MacGuffin going through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and it was kind of a good introduction to them as a Merc team. This story, however, was like it dealt a lot more deeply with with how do you make villains. Human. How do you humanize people who do bad shit? There's a lot of moral relativism, which I really appreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, which, to be honest, is one of my favorite lines in the whole book, and I've got it pulled up. Was was Ragdoll? They're sitting. They're sitting in a truck, and they see that the uh, the slavers have uh, an Amazon Artemis uh, drugged up in another truck and and tied down. And uh, uh, Scandal says. She's shackled and her pupils appear dilated. It is the way of the slaver. It is the way of slavers. And uh, Ragdoll puts his yeah, his hand up to his forehead and goes, "Oh dear, not slavers. Why, that's almost nearly, sort of, kind of, barely a little bit about half as bad as the murderers and despots we normally work for." And here I thought I had my scruples removed already. <laughs> like, exactly. That and that's the one thing line. is that there's no moral moral center with these guys i mean deadshot he is what he is he's a realist so it, when that kind of stuff comes up and that's what um that he just like eh, fuck it you know we'll make it through it um i've been shot and killed and burned before isn't it um, isn't it deadshot who's like 
uh, it's fucking Wonder Woman. We gotta go now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. She's like, like time to go. Time to go. Yeah, um, off Amazon. It is. Uh, it is definitely um, something that <sighs> that I didn't like because of having read the first and second arc. There is a bit too much, I think, of the uh, team goes on mission. Something happens. Team is at each other's throat. Team splits up. By end of arc, team is back together. That mm. happened in both of the first two arcs, and mm. I'm like, "All right, how many times can Deadshot shoot somebody on his own fucking team before they just stop being part of the? Before he stops part being part of the team? <laughs> Eventually, they'll get All to right. a moment of raise like, your hand. Who haven't I shot yet? <laughs> right. They even make a comment about that in the final issue of this arc. Somebody's yeah. like, "It's nice of you. Nice that you shot one of your enemies instead of one of your friends this time." And it's like, "Well, then why the fuck do you hang out with this guy?" <laughs> like. Yeah, exactly. Well, because they're a band of thieves. Yeah, I and to some degree, it's it's. I understand that. I think it was. I just like. I want to read more of Secret Six to find out if they do it over and over and over. Yeah, because if they that's do that, the only plot mechanic. There's two. Tw- there's two uh, arcs. They do it in both arcs. Uh, if they continue to do it, that would be something that would aggravate me. Because <laughs> as much fair. as I can listen, to, uh, read cool dialogue and like the characters, I can only see the same. Uh, the same dynamic be replayed same so many trick. times, yeah. Mm. Um, but overall, I, it's uh, it's spectacular. I, I thought it. they did particularly good characterization with Ragdoll because yeah. Ragdoll could have been the Jar Jar Binks really easily. Yes, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was he was goofball, but not in a way that makes you annoyed at him. He wasn't irritating. Yeah, but he was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that helped uh, in. In this arc, he had an interesting place because he was the guy that called out that moral relativism that you mm-hmm. were talking about. He's in like like in that line that I just read. Throughout the entire book, he's like, "Guys, we're bad guys. Like we're fucking mercenaries. Let's just you know, let's do mercenary stuff. Rah! You know, <laughs> um, it's it's this story is interesting. But at the same time, he's the one that that. Kills the or well not kills, excitingly maims the yeah. the head of the slavery operation yeah. in the end well, and it, says you are a bad man and that is that's the part of this particular arc that I liked better than the first one and that I like about uh, this uh, the story that they they build here where uh, f- for the listeners the story is based around them taking a job um, <laughs> and they find out after taking the job that it is uh, working for a slaver who is basically building an island prison that is run on slave labor. And modeled um, after Dante's hell. Yeah. Whee! And so... You done? Oh, you don't have fucking headphones on. Damn it. I, I, you I, can't sorry. hear all the squeaky, 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 squeaky as you move your mic around. <laughs> um, they, but um, as they find out, it's like when they first find out what's going on, it's a very clear split. There's like three of them are like, nah, we have, fuck it, we're gone. And the other three are like, we need to get paid. It doesn't fucking matter. And then as things get progressively worse, all of the all of the bad side, all of the people that sided originally with the slavers one by one are like, mm, yeah, nope, gone. Uh, I'm going back to the team and fighting against these guys. And it's like... It, it was kind of interesting to you know you f- you you see where the line you see the line is, is and you them. see the trigger for yeah. each of them. As I thought it goes. that was interesting too because it contrasts to the sort of quest of the slaver guy who's like trying to figure out each person that he tortures breaking point. 
there's yeah. a scene that establishes him like finding True. this one woman's breaking point where she's like stopped working and he kills all the people around her because that's what's gonna you know yeah she has no her. family so they yeah. can't really it was an interesting comment at the beginning of that book too where they say um uh basically something like does she have any family in the sweat box or whatever where yeah. so you get this hint that oh. this guy's <laughs> got a place that he keeps these people's family specifically to motivate them to continue working um and then they're like no she doesn't have any so he, he's just like okay kill that guy and, and kill this other guy and make it known that everything we're doing is because of her and mm-hmm. like yeah so and it, was in- oh, it was interesting that they actually brought up slavery and made it to a point that was like eh, i can kind of understand why slavery was necessary like the pyramids they were britain you know they were oh, built yeah. on the backs of slaves not by slaves <laughs> huh the aliens no aliens uh, clearly oh okay. there, there was some stuff that was reported like that maybe it wasn't all slave labor like people missing days because they were hung over <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, <laughs> What? They all drank Damn beer constantly. The look on Joel's face was amazing. Like, what? <laughs> but that's, that's what the Bible said. Did, did, did. The Bible talked about the pyramids in that one section where it explained the slave labor let drunkenness my, situation. Let my people go and all that. Um, yeah, so... <sighs> But that felt actually, good, I guess. <laughs> what just happened? He, he, he derailed me. I was trying to take the left turn onto Relevantville. And no, I, no. And, no, <laughs> did no, not. But I cut the gone to Raccoon City. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes, I have. Um, but it, it did give a good point. It's like, oh, well, that kind of makes slavery okay. You know, if you think that, you know, it's a testament for all people and that people sacrifice uh, you know, lived on for. No, no. Okay. I, I don't buy it. But I, I thought that it was interesting that the, what the slavers, you know, the bad guys were doing was legal. Yeah, it was legal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. With most comic books and how they move forward, the plot is that they they go through these tropes it's like, oh, there's a bad guy and I'm a good guy. We got to fight, you know, and Dick in, in Secret time. Six, the, the good guy shows up <laughs> and they're all bad guys. So what do they do? They run. They don't have this big yeah. knockdown drag out fight. There's like, oh, we're out. And I did the- like I did like Blake where he's uh, he's like, so if I try and shoot you right now, uh, you're just going to do that like uh, bullet block oh, yeah, bracelet, bracelet thing, thing. Right. And she's like. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, fuck it." <laughs> you got to try every. I, I try everything at least once. He's like, and "That's just not fair." <laughs> yeah, that's she blocks it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so I, it's it's and that's the one surprising thing is that they they have these normal things that would normally happen in comic books. Oh, there's a bad guy. There's a good guy. They fight it out, and that's not what happened. And that's the one thing that I, I thoroughly enjoyed that you don't really expect, okay, this is what's normally supposed to yeah. happen, and that doesn't usually happen. Yeah, they, they definitely don't follow the DC, the typical DC line with the way that they write their comics. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's what, one of the shames about this comic is that it got canceled at issue 36, even though people still There's love a huge it. fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people love it. And that's, um, you know, DC is starting to become the fox of the comic industry it where is. they just cancel all, they cancel everything that's good. Stuff. People love this? And then oh, they, done. Yeah. And then they... Well, 52 it. 52 it, yeah. They <laughs> put out a bunch of shit that people don't like um, because whoever's whoever's at the top of the chain there just doesn't fucking get it anymore. Should and we? it's... No, I don't think he's editor. In, is he editor in chief? I, I don't feel like I don't feel like Jim Lee's the guy that would be. Jeff well, Jones. maybe he is. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones is the Brian Michael Bendis of DC. Yeah, they really need to have 
like the Marvel Architects kind of thing going on at DC. They need to get those. They that need group to get the people, Marvel Architects, right? Well, they just need to get the people who understand the DC universe in a way that's not the typical bullshit way, so that they can. You know, because that's what they've done with the Marvel Architects. It's like they they recognize the writers that have created the archetypal Marvel universe in a way that character in a way that readers like. So instead of looking at it from a marketing perspective and be like, we need fifteen bat books, they have people that are like, no, we need to tell good bat stories. But we've got you know? thirty six already. Fifteen <laughs> more bat and books, and they're starting to do that with Snyder and Johns and. Um, and Jim Lee, and they're they're starting to build that base, and then they fire them, yeah, and then promptly rehire them again. Like, oops, nope, sorry, yeah. Uh, Wait a minute, Gail Simone is one of the best writers in the industry, and her book's got the biggest following of any of the new Fifty Two. Fired. What? Whoa, yeah. rehired. Whoa, fired. Nope, re Yeah, refire that, hired. That really, that really. <laughs> um, what does that mean? We'll let you know next month in your in your workers in your employees. Mm-hmm. So I I really en- I really enjoyed this book. I still have a problem with DC the DC universe. I still have a problem with the DC like anytime that the beauty of this one is that there weren't a lot of other DC characters in it and the one that they does show up, Wonder Woman, um they they approach from a different angle than they normally do. The first arc had a whole bunch of D-list villains in it and they were all fucking dumb and that's my biggest problem with the dcu is that their their characters are just stupid um well, tell us how you really feel about it yeah this this particular book i i really enjoyed this book and i would actually i would uh i'm gonna go ahead and start off by borrow burn with saying bye i liked it i think it's good bye Bye. I'm going to say, if you do superheroes, bye. If you don't, borrow, and then maybe you will do superheroes. Yeah. Borrow. Uh, it's There's a lot of things I really like about this book in particular, but like just the tie-ins to other DC books. Like, That's The fair. fact that there's all this stuff. Like I want more on these characters, but if I go to read about them in other DC books, it's You'll... not going to be the same characters. No. Sure. So it's... It's just like a taste of what's there, and you're like, "Yeah, this is really good." What? No, there was there was something that uh, there's a kind of this ongoing discussion amongst a bunch of people that I follow on Twitter and and uh, edit, various uh, editorial staff at comic book uh, websites now about how important is it that how important is continuity, um, and that's one of the things that I'm starting to learn about Doesn't reading matter. comics is that it's it's. They the comic book companies try and make it the key to following their books. They want continuity to be the thing, and it, so that's why Marvel does all their stupid goddamn events, like um, trying to tie every book in their universe together in a so- solid continuity. However, that's why I like what they've started doing with Marvel now. Is that Marvel now is just like. Fuck, fuck continuity. Screw it. Captain um, America is so fucking good. Yeah, Captain America is really good. And the Marvel one. and yeah. Uncanny Uncanny Avengers and Avengers are the same characters at the same period of time doing totally different things. Like and so they're they're not continuous one with one another and what they're realizing is that people just want a good fucking story. Right. You know? And that's awesome because I I like the concept of a few books. If you maybe have four or five books that are considered part of a core story and they follow each other's continuity and they have, you know, uh 
a, they build a universe that you can follow threads through. That's one thing. But when you get up to 52 fucking books and you're trying to have them all be have continuity with each no, other or Marvel, happen. it's a like, terrible plan. It's just a bad idea. And an editorial nightmare. Yeah, exactly. How is Batman so, in Gotham City and, and Smallville in L.A.? In yeah. Canada, and <laughs> underwater on Tuesday of last week. He's like Santa, the bat jet yeah. submarine. <laughs> he created Earth a separate thing portal made of unobtainium. He's got um, a TARDIS, and and I think that's one of the reasons why you know you were saying that if you go out and look at these characters and other things, they're not going to be the same characters. And to me, I'm fine with that. Like I go, I read this book, and I like this story. Yeah. I don't need to good. worry about the. I don't need to worry about the characters elsewhere. I don't want to go out and see more about fucking Catman. I don't give a shit what Bane's doing <laughs> in Batman Inc. I don't care. Like breaking this spines. is a maker, dude. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you. This is this but is like, the story. The story is good, but my problem is is like I don't know, like maybe twelve issues. Like if I can get between twelve and twenty four issues, like there's Kill Simone does what, the last twenty four issues of this? I think so. It's whatever of what? Of, of Secret Six. She did an entire thirty six issue run. Did okay. she do the entire thing? Yes. Okay. To the best it, of my knowledge she did. It seems okay. like that is just like slightly less than what I want out of my characters. Like, if I get attached to a writer's characters, I want, I don't know, a couple years, a few years yeah. worth, and it just doesn't seem like there's... It's just not enough there. Yeah, well, but a lot of these guys are... Was, <coughs> I was going to say, that's not her fault. Her no, I, I'm not saying it's her choice at all. But Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these guys are villains of the week in other comic books. Yeah. And you don't get a chance to flesh them out. He's like, oh, hey, Deadshot comes up. Batman punches him in the face. He goes to Arkham. And, you know, job over. Um, so you don't really get to have these characters fleshed out like this. And I think that's one, the reason why, like I said before, this is different. Because Secret Six takes all these characters that nobody cares about and then does stuff <sighs> with Fuck them. it, I'm flipping yeah. it to a buy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yes. tra- I just change. I just treat everything. It, it sounds stupid, but I treat everything as an Elseworlds idea now. I don't give a shit about continuity. I don't care what they're doing elsewhere. I just read the story for the story, and then I'm done. For the next three shows, we've got them. We've got them uh, planned out. I'm. I had forgotten this a couple shows ago that I had suggested Memorial uh, for my next uh, run. It's it's a Chris Robertson book that uh, um, the Ridge. so that'll be episode forty, uh, episode or thirty nine. This is episode X. This is that'll be the next episode. Uh, hey. The episode after that will be John, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac per uh, per Andy's suggestion. I want to hug Jonan Vasquez and give him like a cookie and be like, dude, it's okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Joel suggested the 12 for, for the episode after that, which yes, indeed. Uh, I've never heard of. So uh, that'll be interesting to read. So um, we will be. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, yes. Thank you. That is exactly what I was trying to think of. And my fucking brain locked up on it. Uh, Clea uh, Duvall, by the way. Clea Duvall. Oh, oh, yes. We're Should be. Brings it right back yep. around, doesn't yep. she? Yeah. Yep. Clea Duvall. Okay. Um, 
Emerald City Comic Con is March 1st through 3rd in Seattle, and we will have a table again. So if you listen to the show and you want to come say hi to the Geekerific crew and talk to the Trade Secrets guys, come by the come by the table at Emerald City Comic Con. And we mean guys in a gender wait, neutral, wait, neutral sort of way. Wait, no. People, After people the fact, actually guys. listen to the show? Yeah. We, we actually have people I, that listen. I don't know. Okay. S- but if, yeah, if I'm going to talk into this... If I'm going to talk into this mic for an hour and a half every two weeks with you people, then I'm going to keep that illusion alive in my mind that somebody's listening to it. So uh, we we will have a table at the show in the Artist's Alley again. I don't know what the table assignment is, so I can't give you that much information. But Emerald City Comic Con is one of the best comic conventions in the world. I will either be half or Um, twice as drunk as I was last year. (laughs) Um, So come by. Give us a visit. We will talk more about it on the show as, as more details uh, come come along. Uh, listen to the After the Fact podcast. There is only ten episodes left of the After the Fact podcast. What? We have yeah. we are uh, we are not going to be doing the show anymore after episode eighty. So our uh, we just finished our our Star Fox episode. Cannot for the life of me remember what we were going to do next. Oh, Golden Axe. Yeah, that's bad. So Golden Axe is going to be episode seven. All the way down to uh, episode 80 will be Ocarina of Time. And so give us a listen for our last 10 episodes. Send us, uh, send us feedback. Send us emails and that sort of thing. If you would like to be part of Trade Secrets, you can get a hold of us via email by emailing us at... at you, were, you said if so you want to be part of so Trade close. Secrets. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to get it right this time. You're like, right. email nope. us at After nope. the Fact. It's funny because on episode uh, yeah. 70 no, of After yeah, the Fact, the I did opposite. everything. I, no, I did it right. I did everything right at the end of episode 70 after the fact it was the first time in the history of the fucking show <laughs> no uh yep so if you want to be part of the show on trade secrets email us at trade secrets at geekerific.com uh we will take any kind of question comment uh that you want uh read on the show we will answer your questions you can also like our facebook page at facebook.com slash trade secrets podcast you can hit us all up on twitter uh, the main show feed is at trade secrets pod i am at geek elite uh joel is at Superfly. and is at and bean tweets and andy is at mathtastrophe uh eddie who is not here for this episode is at sambo black um, you can also please rate us on iTunes if you like the show go give us a rating give us a review uh, we don't have a lot right now but the more we get the more stuff we get from iTunes and the better uh, the better our show looks and the more listeners we get uh, you can also if you want to send questions to the show send them to any of those places that I mentioned you can send them to Twitter or Facebook whatever um, this has been episode 30 something of uh, the <laughs> trade series 39 did I say 39 at the beginning of the episode yes. did I actually yeah. get it right okay Maybe. this has been episode 39 of the trade secrets podcast uh, next show we are doing memorial hopefully there will be more chutzpah floof and uh, thank you Joel <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ann. Huzzah! <laughs> Thank you, Andy. <laughs> I am Luke, and we are out.